Welcome to Victory Church's online podcast library. We hope you enjoy this message today. Refuse to allow tradition and religion to get a hold of you this Christmas. Come on, get out, get out the box. Get out the box. Worship the Lord in a new way this Christmas. Even It's just in your private time. When nobody's looking, where you can't, you're not going to embarrass yourself, right? When you're by yourself. There's a phrase I think the world uses called dance like nobody's looking. Try it before the Lord. I'm telling you, try it before the Lord. Dance before the Lord when nobody's looking. Get by yourself, close the door, put the music on, and, and, and just like David did. But da- David danced before the Lord. Try it. I dare you to try it. I dare you to try it and stay miserable. <laughs> I dare you to try it and try and stay judgmental about the way other people worship. Because they do it different from you. You know, we're all culturally different, you know. There's, there's people here that were raised in church and people here that were not. I wasn't. And my, my culture is different from many different people. And, and that's, that's okay. We don't have to, you know, culture really is insignificant. It's the heart that matters, right? Come on. Give your heart to Jesus. Open your heart to Jesus. So I want to, I'm going to share, a, I'm going to read out of John's gospel today. And, you know, um, John, he, he assumed, when he wrote his gospel, he assumed things. He assumed that people already understood the, the, the nativity story. They understood about Bethlehem, about the wise men, about the shepherds, about Christ being born in a manger, about the swaddling clothes. And he assumed all of that. It had already been written. That gospel was out there. And he was writing his gospel from a different perspective. Rather than focusing on the, the Son of Man, he began to focus on the eternal Son of God. Total different perspective. And I think the first 18 verses of John, I think Martin Luther used to read these verses every day. John, John 1, 1 through 18. He said they should be written in gold. And um, these verses are powerful. I've been reading them every day several times the last week. Just letting them get in my belly. And this is, I, I see this as John's story of the birth of Christ. John 1, 1 through 18. I'm going to read it and then share a few thoughts before we have prayer this morning, but I want to, I want you to listen carefully to this. In the beginning, the word already existed in the beginning. Everyone say in the beginning, way back when there wasn't any time before there was time, before time was created, before anything existed in the physical world. In the beginning, the word already existed and the word was with God and the word was God. He existed in the beginning with God, and God created everything through Him. And nothing was created except through Him. The Word gave life to everything that was created, and His life brought light to everyone. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness can never extinguish it. God sent a man, John the Baptist, to tell about the light so that everyone might believe because of his testimony. John himself was not the light. He was simply a witness to tell about the light, the one who is the true light, who gives light to everyone coming into the world. The true light. Everyone say the true light. 
He came into the very world he created. He came into the very world he created, but the world didn't recognize him. He came to his own people and even they rejected him. But to all who believed him and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. They are reborn, not with the physical birth resulting from human, human passion or, pl- or plan, but a birth that comes from God. So the word became human, took on a human body and made his home among us. He was full of unfailing love and, and faithfulness. And we've seen his glory, the glory as of the father's one and only son. John testified about him when he shouted to the crowds, this is the one who I was talking about when I said someone is coming after me who's greater than I, for he existed long before me. From his abundance, we have all received one gracious blessing after another, grace upon grace upon grace. For the law was given through Moses, but God's unfailing love and faithfulness came through Jesus Christ. No one was ever, has ever seen God, but the unique one who is himself God is near to the Father's heart, and he has revealed him. So let's just, I want to just give you a few things to ponder. I hope I can plant some little seed in your hearts this morning that you can take over these next few days from now until Christmas. Ponder, reflect, the Bible says meditate. Take these thoughts in and chew on them and let them become part of your your existence in the beginning was the word the word was with god and the word was god now here's the the part that's hard for me to comprehend hard for any of us to comprehend there was a time before time existed time is part of creation time was created by god Time was created by God, and everything that you can see, touch, feel, hear, smell, everything that is, every part of this universe was created by God. Time was created by God, and space was created by God. All of it, everything that is, was created by God. Before that, how you can understand that, but before time existed was the Word. The Word was the the Father's Word. The Word was the Father's Imagination of himself. The Father's word was a person we call Jesus Christ. Jesus existed with his Father as the Father's word from eternity. The Father has loved his Son from eternity. The Father has loved his Son before you were created, before I was created, before humans existed, before universes existed, before time existed, before anything existed. Our Father God loved his Son. And he, he, this, that's the, that's the, the picture of this verse. But here's the amazing thing. Down in verse 10, it talks about this one, this word, this word came into the very world that he created. But the world didn't recognize him. How could that be? The word, the word of God, who's the person Jesus Christ, took upon himself a human body and entered into his creation. He entered into time. The timeless one entered into time. The all-powerful one limited himself to become an infant born in a donkey's feeding trough in a manger in Israel. How is it possible that that happened? But it did happen. It did happen, right? Is anybody here this morning? Welcome to the First Presbyterian Church of Metairie, Louisiana. 
Come on now, y'all be, listen to me and, and listen to the word of God and, and hear, let, hear what God's saying this morning. He came into the very word he created. Now, listen to this. These past few days, I've been reflecting on the miracle that we call, call Christmas. Today's verse is one of those caught, that caught my attention. The creator entered into creation when he took on a human body in Bethlehem. Somehow the infinite entered into the finite. The eternal entered into space and time. One of the things that's boggled my mind in all of this is that the Lord created space. He created time. He is I am sitting outside of time as an observer. Time is meaningless in his existence. So for, for us living inside of time, time and space are something of a wall or a veil. I think time and space are the fabric of creation. This is part of the fabric of creation. But there's one day when this fabric is going to be torn like a garment. The Bible says it's going to be torn like a scroll at the end of times. This this. Stuff that all that we know, this world that we live in, this this time and space, this this dimension that we live in will be ripped aside and suddenly we'll be in another dimension called eternity where God himself lives. That's our eternal inheritance. It'll be ripped away in the moment, in the twinkling of an eye. It'll be torn and, and eternity will come streaming in to this 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 time time warp of the world that was created by God. It was every time, every time there's a, a, a visitation of God, it's like the other dimension visits this dimension. It's like there's a, there's a breach in the wall. And right now we live in the, in the age of the Holy Spirit when, when in, 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 in any and every moment the kingdom of God, it says in Hebrews, is literally breaking in on us. He's breaking in on us. The other side is breaking in on us. The uncreated side is breaking in on us. God himself. Breaking into his creation like he did when he became a baby. Now, here's C.S. Lewis, what he said about this. He said, we picture God living through a period when his human life was still in the future. Then coming to a period when it was present. Then going on to a period when he could look back on it as if something is past. But probably these ideas correspond to nothing in the actual facts. You cannot fit Christ's earthly life in Palestine into any time relations with life is God beyond all space and time. It's really, as I said, I suggest that timeless truth about God, the human nature and the human experience of weakness and sleep and ignorance are somehow included in the whole divine life. This human life in God is, from our point of view, a particular period in the history of the world, from the year A.D. until the crucifixion. We, therefore, imagine it as also a period in the history of God's own existence. But God has no history. God has no history. He's too completely and utterly real to have a history. This last statement is really important. He's too, com too completely and utterly real to have a history. The Lord is always present. He's never past. He's never future. He's always now. He's I am. Not I was. Not I will be. He's now. I am. I am. Jesus said, I am. The Lord told Moses, I am. God is with us. God is with us, Emmanuel. God is right now in your life. He is the timeless one. He's right now. You know, this, this, this is an amazing story, but right now, He is present at the date of His birth in Bethlehem. Right now, He is present at the date of His crucifixion in Jerusalem. 
Right now he is present at the future day when he returns with the trumpet blasts. Right now he is present at the day of creation. Right now he is present on the other side when this, when this is all wrapped up and we step into kingdom come for eternity in the new heavens and the new earth. He is the ever present one outside of time and outside of space. Yeah, that's, that's our God. So this is getting all that encapsulated. So the word became a human. This one, this one who created time, this one that spoke, let there be light and billions of stars spread out into the universe, billions of light years apart from one another. An eternal crea- creation was, was birthed, zodiac, um, galaxies and black holes and, and solar systems and stars and planets and moons. Countless numbers that we can't comprehend were created with one word from his mouth, let there be light and light happens. It burst into existence. This very one, this one that's bigger than we can even think. Billions, more powerful than billions of suns and universes. This one, this infinite one, took on a human body, even took on the form of a human infant. Was born in a farm stable. Was, was nurtured in a feeding trough. Was wrapped in lamb's clothes. The creator himself. The word, the eternal word of God, took on a human body. And walked among us. Why did he do it? What was his purpose? Why did this one who's so powerful and so amazing. Why did he take on a human body? He did it because you and I were hurting. That's why. He did it because of our sin. He did it because of our pain. He did it because of our poverty. He did it because of our sickness. He did it because of your loneliness. He did it because you've had a miserable past. He did it to intervene in your life so he could burst on the scene in your life. He did it. Now, what what did he enjoy in eternity with his father? Fellowship and love and intimacy beyond anything we can imagine. That's what he enjoyed. He enjoyed fellowship beyond compare from eternity with his heavenly father. And he, he saw us in our sins separated from that. That's what we were created for. Our sins separated us from that, that love and fellowship and intimacy that we were created to enjoy. And he, he made a determination. I'm gonna enter the human race. I'm gonna, gonna, gonna become part of, part of the human race. I'm gonna die in their place. I'm gonna suffer and die for them. I'm gonna become the sin offering. I'm gonna become the sacrificial lamb. I'm gonna take their sins. He came to his own, it says. But his own, his very own people, first the Jewish people that he came to, they didn't recognize him. They missed him. They saw him as, as a problem. They saw him as someone who was not fitting into their narrative. It wasn't going to fit the narrative that they had of overturning the Roman government. He came as a suffering servant, not as a conquering king. And they missed him. God himself was in their midst in this suffering servant. And they missed him. They rejected him. And they crucified him on the cross. But. Everyone say but. But as many as received him. 
as many as received him. After his death, the eyes of many thousands were opened. As many as received him, him, he gave them the right to become children of God. Even to those who call on his name. Even today he's walking amongst us. He's walking amongst us in his church. He's walking amongst us in your Christian friends. He's walking amongst us in the songs that we hear, the songs of worship. He's walking amongst us in the Bible, in the Word of God. He's here amongst us. He's been with us all morning as we've gathered together in his name. And there's still many people. He passes right by them and they don't recognize him. He came into his creation like he always does. Even today he's humbled himself. This this great one, this almighty one has come into creation today in his church. He lives in us. That's That's the miracle of Christianity. Now he lives in us. As many as receive him. As many as receive him. As many as receive Him, He gives the right to become children of God. If you'll open your heart, if you have opened your heart, He comes into your life and you become one of His. And then He walks amongst us in your body, in your words, in your prayers, in your testimony. He is here. He is here. He is here and He's not silent. He's here among us today. God so loved the world that He gave His only Son, that whoever believes in Him would not perish, but would have everlasting life. Now, John goes on to say, after he said, the Word became a human and made His home among us. He was full, He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness. And John said, we've seen His glory. John said, I'm an eyewitness, I saw His glory. I walked with him three years. I saw the miracles. I saw deaf people here. I saw lepers cleansed. I saw dead people raised from the dead. I saw people fed by the thousands with the fish and bread. I saw him walk on water. I was there when he turned water into wine. I was there when they nailed him to the cross. And I saw him walking around after he was raised from the dead. I saw him myself. I saw his glory. And he raised From the dead, he ascended into heaven and sat down at the right hand of God. I'm an eyewitness of his glory. Today, we can say the same and in a similar way. I'm an eyewitness. And many in this room today are eyewitnesses. We have seen his testimony changing countless numbers of lives. Entering into people's lives. We see the word becoming flesh again. Oh, 1973, like my wife was talking about, Christ came into our life and the Word became flesh in us. Washed away our sins. We opened our hearts. We became sons and daughters of God. And He began His miracle work of transformation in our hearts and lives. This last verse I wanted to read to you today is um, verse 16. From His abundance. From His Abundance. How big are his storehouses? From his abundance. If you want to know, go and go see if you can get access to the Hubble telescope or you can get on the internet and, and look at some of the pictures from the Hubble telescope. 
and watch as they peer out into to eternity and cannot find in their computer generated telescope that looks out beyond beyond anything man has ever looked at before. They can't find the end of God's creation because it doesn't exist. He has created all of it. He is a, this and all of that was created to display His greatness, to display His abundance. How much abundance is on this one planet? This small planet. How much wealth is on this planet? How much wealth is in the sun or in the other planets or in the other universes that are out there unexplored? How many diamonds and how much gold is out there? How much is the abundance of God unthinkable, unimaginable from His abundance? From His abundance. He gives us more than all of that because when we open our hearts of His out of His abundance, He gives us His best. He gives us Himself. And He comes. He doesn't send an angel or another spirit. He comes. He comes with His fullness and He inhabits our hearts. When we open our hearts to Him. Of His abundance. Yeah, of His abundance. We have all received. Have you received? No, you can't earn this kind of abundance. You can't. You can't. But anyone can receive it. A king can receive it. A homeless person can receive it. A business man can receive it. A student can receive it. A little child can receive it. It's something that's received by grace through faith. We open our hearts. Oh, and it comes. Suddenly, things we never knew were possible become real to us. The Word of God becomes a treasure. Church becomes our family. His presence becomes our passion. We love Him with an everlasting love. And He fills us. He fills us again and again. Like, like John said, from His abundance, I have received grace upon grace upon grace upon grace upon grace. Oh, I received an incredible download of His grace in August of 1973 when Christ came into my life. Oh, but it was only the edge, the beginning of even the grace that He had set apart for me. Oh, in those next four years in Bible school, worshiping and praying in tongues and studying the Word of God, grace upon grace upon grace heaping into my life. And then we called me back into my home to New Orleans. Oh, and we started our ministry, grace upon grace, falling upon me and falling upon me and falling upon me. And every time I've stepped up to proclaim His Word, grace falls upon me. It's grace upon grace upon grace upon grace. How much is there? Oh, it's unlimited. There's as much as you want. There's as much as you'll take. There's as much as you can receive. There's much as much as your hunger will warrant. This Christmas, this Christmas, how hungry are you? Visit our website at www.victorychurchnola.com for service times and more information.